There's nothing more important than family, and for more than 100 years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're, we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and so I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow, and, and that's just something that, you know, I, I think that I bring them a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have, I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN. gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Fans have the puck again in the New York zone. Shot scores! Guess who? Guess who? Nathan McKinnon! He just keeps on roaring! Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. And now, here are your hosts, A.J. Hafley and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks. Welcome in to the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. The only subscription that gets you into almost any event in Denver. Download the In We Go app today. Use the promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month. I'm your host, Jesse Montano. I am sitting alongside the great, the one and only, the legendary AJ Hayfley. We are here high above Pepsi Center Ice in the press box. First intermission here of the Avs and Oilers. One to nothing Edmonton after one. Uh, goal did not come on the power play, but pretty much immediately following. AJ, other than the traffic trying to get into the arena, how is your evening going? Uh, well, that blue screen that I had at the very beginning of the game wasn't encouraging. Almost so ruined it. I've spent the first period updating my laptop trying to make sure <laughs> that... Uh, you know that you've got one exactly that I can actually do some writing tonight and that I'm not here as a you know showpiece for BSN well you could be if you want to you're, you're right. sure darn cute enough to be all right 
AJ, one nothing after one. Uh, Avs out shooting the Oilers 13 to nine. The Avs were really taking it to Edmonton, but Ian yeah. Cole, the, the struggles for Ian Cole have at least extended one additional period now following this road trip. He takes a hooking penalty. Again, the Oilers don't score, but it was pretty much all Oilers after that Cole penalty saved for maybe the last shift or two. Thoughts on the first? Uh, I mean, I thought, I thought that they, you know, I, I remarked to you at the end of the period that it felt kind of like a typical Avs first period where they did some good things. The first line had some good puck possession. You're feeling good about a lot of the things that they were doing and creating, and then their level kind of fell off for a few minutes. You know, Edmonton uh, dominated possession and some some weak weak nonsense in front of the net from Zadorov, and yeah. you know, the guy the guy lost another puck battle in front of his own net, and ends up ends up in a goal. And you know, it was a nice goal. It wasn't you know, it wasn't like the guy did not make a quality play on that puck. Yeah. So well, and that that is too again. <coughs> you love to see Z win that, especially with his size. I do feel like we talk about that a lot. That's a 50-50 puck that yeah. Brodziak swings at, and it, you know, like you said, nice finish. Perfect placement, you know, like, sure. it was one of those things, and, um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be too upset about it. I thought the Avs responded reasonably well. Um, you know, they Edmonton continued to kind of do their thing. Uh, my big problem with Edmonton, uh, they, were, they were creating a lot in areas you don't want. Right. They were. They were. It was everything that they were doing was all right in front of Varley. It was all right around him. You know, within within five feet of him is where all of their action was, and that's not what you want defensively. Right. So they're going to want to tighten that up, and they're going to want to kind of flip the script on offense, where everything that they did offensively came from outside uh, and and away from uh, Miko Koskinen. You know, not making him have to really work very hard. You know, a lot of saves where he was in position to hit him right in the chest kind of thing. So, right. you know, it was, um, it was a lackluster first period. And given they've had a couple of days off, you definitely wanted to see them come out with way more energy than they did. Um, I, I can't help but be let down by that first. It wasn't nearly good enough. Uh, and if there's, if there's a team that should be comfortable with Ken Hitchcock's style of coaching, it's a central division team. Right. So it's not like they should be seeing, you know, it's not like they're seeing any kind of voodoo here, you know. And so I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed by it. But uh, you know, we've seen them time and time again, especially here in Pepsi Center, get stronger as they go. So um, that's kind of my expectation here. Especially they ended the first on kind of a feel-good note where they spent the last two minutes really dominating possession. You know, the top line created a pretty good scoring chance. Uh, Koskinen made a nice uh, kick save on it, so mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, that's that's all good and well. Um, I like I like how they finished it. It was really just those couple of minutes in the middle there that that cost them, and you know it's kind of how it goes for them. So I, I made the comment on Twitter, and then I made the comment to you. I said, "Man, it seems like Edmonton is getting the matchup they want every single shift. It seems like they're rolling. Mc, you know, McDavid is out there every shift in a favorable matchup." And you said. Well, they're putting him out there on every shift. Him and Leon Dreisaitl just shy of 10 minutes for that period. Okay. Well, there you go. 9.43 for Dreisaitl right at about, it was 8.50-something for McDavid. Oh. So they played about half the period. 
Yeah, you're yeah. going to get those favorable matchups. Yeah, well, and and it was, you know, those are favorable matchups for Colorado, too, because they, it wasn't like all the McDavid time was out there against McKinnon. You know, there was a shift or two where uh, McKinnon got out there, you know, the McKinnon line was free out there against any of their other lines is a huge advantage for Colorado. Even so. the McDavid line, that, that last really dominating shift for the top line was against was, the McDavid it, yeah, line. Yeah, at the very end there. So uh, I, I I feel like overall it was a – if, if, it was, if this was a 0-0 game, we'd be saying it was a solid period. Yeah. Um, but it's a one nothing game. They're losing. You don't like that. Um, they really need to kind of refocus. I know. I think, just, uh, I think I'm feeling an A.J. Greer first NHL goal tonight. All right. Well, so there, I was just about to ask. He didn't play. He only played just, a couple minutes in the first. It. What did you think of him right out the gate? Because you and I did. He caught our attention at least once. <laughs> A.J. Greer again. Just a couple minutes played. Uh, I, thought, I thought that line. Uh, was I liked what I saw um, very briefly, and I thought they played uh, with the kind of physicality that they're going to have to play with. I liked that. I thought it was uh, yikes. I thought it, I thought it was interesting. Uh, it's a it's a really weird trio that you don't expect to have any success <laughs> whatsoever. You're putting those three guys together, and you're saying I just need to survive seven minutes with those cats, and the, and that's what you're hoping for. So. It's, it's kind of unnerving to have the mammoth lady here doing the, uh, the in 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 between period work that Alexis normally does. That, that caught me off guard. Creatures of habit. Yeah, we are. No, yeah, so, like uh, I said, the, the tone of voice was different. I was like, <laughs> who is that? Adrian Gray, just a couple minutes. You know, he he's out there mixing it up again and and getting into stuff after the whistle. I don't mind it once or twice, but that is the kind of stuff that he seems to really form that habit of. The kid's got a lot of skill. I'd like to see that on display a little bit more. Yeah, but in that case, he, he wasn't starting static for the sake of it. He you wasn't, know, like, no. That, it, that, was, that was like a, a classic post-whistle scrum. And, of course, for his trouble, he got punched in the face by Darnell Nurse. Right. So, yeah. you know, whatever. Hockey. Matt Calvert has yet another kind of semi-breakaway. Misses the net wide. Nothing new there. It was He missed out on a backhand. And it was he was blind. He was turning, so... That one, it was a nice move, but that one bothers me a lot less than a lot of the other ones where <laughs> he's got he's a been, clean look. Yeah, and he's on the forehand, and the puck is settled, and and he does God knows what with it, and you're like, what in the world, dude? Like, right. that was one where it was like, had it been a, had it been a goal, it would have been a really cool one. It's a nice move to get free, but we see a lot you of do that. Me, he does college. need to start. I talked to him yesterday at practice, and he said, you know, Sods is is carrying the load here on this line. Nietzsche and I need to really pick it up. And it's like, okay, well, now that you know that, go go, go do it. Onward, young one. Matt Nieto, you and I made a comment about him during that penalty kill. Played some really strong hockey right now from the, the Long Beach native. I made the comment, he's really... Is he from Long Beach? That's what I've heard. Oh. I haven't confirmed. I need to look that up. Yeah. He's really carving out a nice role for himself as a, as a solid penalty killer. I mean, he did... did Two years ago when they picked him up on waivers, you know? Right, right. And, like, all of a sudden their god-awful worst-of-all-time penalty kill, you know, ended up like it was okay. You know, and he was part of a good unit last year. I think I think he's solid at it. I personally, the way that he reads uh, and the way that he moves around the top of the zone uh, and with his speed is always a threat. You know, if, if he were he two inches taller, speed. dude, he'd be really, really scary on that unit. He's As got speed. Is, he's got hands. Good reads. I, I think he's. I think he's very comfortable in that role. 
and uh, he does a lot less running around than some of the other guys they put out there. You and I didn't have a chance to talk much about it. Semyon Varlamov got the start again tonight. Kind of bailed the abs out there right off the right off the hop. I would not have started him for the record. All right. Well, so that's what I was about to ask you. What did you think of, of, of them going with Varley over Grubauer? I wouldn't have done it. I get I get that he's still kind of their de facto guy. You know, they're like number one, right? And that uh, they're setting up the rest of this week. You know, because if Varley if Varley doesn't play today, then you know. It's, it's several days in between starts, and Varley is not a guy that's accustomed to doing that, whereas Grubauer is, having been his whole career as a backup. You're going into a back-to-back this weekend against two divisional opponents. I get why they started Varley tonight. It made sense to me. But just in terms of uh, the guy's given up 11 goals, I believe, in his last two games, right. uh, Grubauer has not. So <laughs> for me, I'm like... I would have a now. Now that what's done is done, he's out there. I would have a pretty quick hook on him if if this gets to three to nothing in the first like eight minutes or something. He'd be, I'd be, I'd be pulling him out of there quick. Yeah. But uh, you know, I ultimately I don't know that that's going to be a, a deciding factor or not. But yeah, it's solid first period. Yeah. Nothing, nothing really to complain about uh, with him so far. Last guy I want to talk about here before we head to the break. I mentioned kind of at the beginning, but we kind of breezed past it. <clears throat> Ian Cole, really this... I didn't this, see the penalty. I was getting coffee. This this streak of poor play has really come out of nowhere. I made the comment to was you... Was he bad in the first beyond that? Oh, he had the he one had, turnover he had, early. He had a turnover yeah. in the neutral zone, and, and, and he's just he doesn't look like the same Ian Cole we saw for the first 24 <sighs> games. I made the comment to you. I said, what do you do? You know, do you... Yeah. Do you sit him down for a game and just kind of no. give him a chance to clear his head? What do you What do you do with a guy like Ian Cole? You're paying a lot of money, veteran guy, but he's really, really struggling right now. How well, do you reset is, that? He is He is a veteran guy, so you know it's not the first time in his career he's struggled. You let him work through it. You know you don't you don't change anything. You don't reward him with more minutes, but you don't make any drastic changes. You know I'm not sitting in for Mark Alt. I'm not doing that. Okay. I'm not sitting in for Mark Barbario. So uh, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not going anywhere near that kind of conversation, um, but I I you know really that's he's a veteran dude you don't need to say a lot to him it's like when EJ struggles you know that he knows he's struggling he's just got to work his way out of it and there's nothing you can really do you know you can't force it he's just got to figure it out himself and as a coaching staff you watch the video you you point stuff out you say hey. This is what's going on. This is what we're seeing. He probably recognizes it too, but if he doesn't, then hey, he gets on it, whatever. Mm. But a guy, you know, at a certain point, you know, like he handles the door off differently because he's got 200 NHL games played or, you know, maybe 300 by now. I don't know. Whatever it is, yeah. And, yeah. And, and he's a lot younger and he's a lot more inconsistent night in and night out. So you hold him to a different standard. But right. these guys, I mean, you just. There isn't a whole lot you can do with your veteran dudes other than just say, pick it up, yo. I mean, you, you just can't. Let's go ahead and jump out of this segment, get that second period going, and, and we come back. when we come back, we'll let you know how the second frame went. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. We will be right back. 
Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche games for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche home games with your In We Go subscription for only $39 a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, Concerts, Beer Tastings, Food Fests, Comedy Shows, Concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with In We Go to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. Segment number two, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. Download the In We Go app, use the promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month. Jesse Montano and AJ Hayfley here high above the ice at Pepsi Center as the Mini Mites are getting ready to do their relay race. AJ. Oh, they just did it. <laughs> oh. Zing. AJ, uh, first period. Came out of it saying one nothing. We thought the Avs were the better team. A lot of things went well. Not so much second period. After two, five to one Edmonton. A lot to unpack here. Yeah. Let's let's start in net. Uh, one team's getting the goaltending. One team's not. Semin Varlamov. We said in the last segment, hey, I wouldn't have started him. And uh, you said, click. You have the quick hook on him. If he gives up three, he's done. Went three nothing, and, and Varley came right out of the game. Yeah, um, I mean, I just don't think Varley's. This is this is classic Varley. He'll play great for you for a month, and then he'll go a week, maybe two weeks, where he just gets totally caved in, like flat out shelled. I mean, the guy, it, and this is just who he is, right? Like he wasn't he wasn't going to stay at a nine forty save percentage or whatever, but. He wasn't going to slowly work his way game down there with three goals here, three goals there. Varley just goes and, and gets himself crushed every night. So that's how he's always been in his whole career. He's always been that guy that when he's not totally locked in, uh, he's very susceptible to just getting blown out every night. I mean, you look at this, you know, at some of the, the fancy stats for this game, the abs are – if you take the score out of it, the Avs are in control for a lot of this game. Well, the Avs, the Avs are playing well, but they were playing well. And then <clears throat> special teams again. Special teams betrayed him in the first period. Colorado did nothing on their power play. Edmonton scored right at the end of their for their power play. Same thing happens. Colorado gets power play, doesn't do anything with it. You know, and then they push the play. They're dominating possession. It looks like, hey, maybe the Avs are starting to figure this out. Edmonton gets a power play, scores immediately. Um, you know, makes it makes it two nothing, and then they and then the Avs totally fall apart defensively. As as the goalies come down the home stretch here for the 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 Pee Wee relay. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's just the Avs can't seem to, to, to keep it out of their net every time they 
you know, pushed back a little bit in that game. Even when Miko Rantanen scores on a, on a great shot, uh, you know, a laser that gets him back, you know, within three. You're saying, all right, build up that momentum a little bit, maybe get another one. Edmonton comes right back down and scores. Miko Koskinen, I mean, the dude's just been <coughs> just been nails. He's been awesome tonight. And the Rantanen goal that did get by him was, I still want to see it because I, I, I swear live I heard it get tipped. Um, but and and the replays that I've seen of it, I haven't you know I haven't gotten a really good look. But uh, beyond that, I mean, he's been awesome, dude. Like, because he, I mean, he came in white hot, just like I mean, just like Edmonton has been. Mm-hmm. You know, they're what seven two and two since Hitch took over, so they're getting the new coach bump. They're playing with a ton ton of confidence. They're getting killer goaltending, man. It makes it easy to win games. And then when Colorado, you know, treats the puck like they, they have no interest in possessing it, um, you know, it's it's hard to win games, you know. Like Edmonton, Edmonton has just had free reign over the scoring chances. They've made the nice plays. McDavid has owned them like he always does. That was the only weird part about the, 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 the game uh, earlier this year where the Avs won in Edmonton. You know, four-one was that McDavid didn't do anything that game, and this is a dude who has made his early career out of averaging like three points per game against Colorado. He's up to it again tonight. He's destroying them, outplaying McKinnon, outplaying that entire line. Um, I mean, Edmonton, Edmonton just ate the Avs alive that period, and both goalies right now just not playing very well. Because I mean, you look at both of the goals against Grubauer. You know, a, a five-hole goal like that, the one that McDavid scored. And then that, where he loses the puck in the shuffle, and he's just laying there, you know, helpless on the ice as, as they put it into an empty net. I, I'm i not a goalie man. I'm not a goalie expert. But that can't be what you want from a, as, as a, as a, from a, goaltone, from a, a goaltending coach perspective. That, that in no way can be what you want from your goalie. I don't, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Um. I don't know what this defense is doing either. They totally fell apart in that period. Like, no no care for the puck. Puck management was awful. Barry was atrocious. Gerard not much better. Um, I mean, Patrick Nemeth is out there against Connor McDavid. You know, for me, that's Bednar getting outcoached. Um, they're getting outplayed. I think they're getting outcoached. I think they're just getting worked now. I mean, that second period, they just totally fell apart. So what's going on here? I, I have a lot of theories in, in my in my mentions right now. I have people saying tear it down. Tear what saying, down? Go Good back on. to the drawing board. This team what isn't right. Board? Something's wrong. What? So what? I, I uh. agree with you. I, I you know I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. People are saying where's the panic button? Oh my gosh, what's going on? This is extremely concerning. They're, they're you go nine zero and two, right? And then you go two and two on a road trip. You know, which I guess the ninth win was the beginning of that road trip. So they go eight zero and two, and then they go two and two on a road trip. But the last time they were, last time out they got blown out. Now they're getting blown out again by Edmonton, a team that's honestly had their number for the last several since McDavid showed up. Again, McDavid owns these guys, and you know your goalies are oh. playing like shit, and your defense is playing like shit. Like I don't I don't know what else to say about it, man. When when your back end is all falling apart at the same time. 
there's nothing you can do about it. Like, and you, you just you just have just, to ride it out. You have to just, you just have to you just have to ride that out. You guys aren't going to play your best every single night. They're not going to play your best every other night. You know, but the rea- I mean, the reality is is that this is not a team in need of a major overhaul. You just have to deal with some some tougher streaks. Some ups and ups and downs. It's, yeah, it's, it's gonna going to happen. It's going to happen. And so far this year, the ups have been way up and way longer than the downs. And the downs always suck. And sports fans live in the moment. They don't live in long-term perspective. You know, they're not thinking about, oh, this or that. They're thinking, we just lost 7-1. to one. They had two days off, and they're losing 5-1 to one at home. You know, you get blown out by Tampa Bay, it's one thing. You get blown out by Edmonton. You start to maybe say, hey, what's going on here? But, again, it's two games. Well, and, and to the point that you made earlier, Edmonton come, is coming in white hot under a new coach. Everyone, every team They're plays. playing great, and, and the Avs over the last week have not played great. Like, over the last week, they've not played great. They've still been able to, to claw their way to some results. Have not played very well, though. And, I mean, that's just, I think that's, that's just reality, that, that right now they're not playing their best hockey. Uh, we've seen the top line has calmed down a little bit. Which um, everyone expected. <laughs> the Yeah, and, you know, the, the scoring beyond the top line, I think, I think Bedner is probably a big culprit in the problems they've had. I think he got too cute messing around with Kerfoot, and now Kerfoot's out, and he's, you know, he's Colin Wilson as your fourth line center, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know what he's trying to get out of some of the lines. It doesn't feel like he has a clear goal for, for some of the combinations he's throwing out there. I don't feel he's comfortable with any of it, and I don't know why they keep tinkering with things that have worked. Um, I don't know what to do defensively. The, the, they're running out the six guys they should be running out. They're running out the pairs that make the most sense. And it just feels like the unit as a whole. It's not playing well. It, right. They're well, And, it, and it, feels well. Like, it feels like the whole unit is playing poorly. That makes it really hard on your goalies. And then it feels like the goalies aren't playing very well either. Barry's turning pucks over. Johnson looks lost right now. Cole, you know, we, we, we talked about in the last segment. Girardi, you know, looks sloppy with the puck. Yeah, Girardi's not doing anything either. And, you know, it sucks because the special teams have totally collapsed as well. You know, they're, they're, giving, up, they're giving up goals on the PK with regularity now. And, you know, they went on in that absurd stretch for a while there where their power play was insane. And then, predictably, it stopped being that way. But both units... It's not even just like it's not even you can just sit there and and you know oh it's uh, the, the top unit is stagnating it's you know the top unit uh, you know get get the second guys out there second guys haven't done anything either neither one of those units are producing anything right now and they're not even coming close like they're not they're not generating chances making it interesting they're not even really coming close their power play looks completely broken right now and it's and it's one of those things too like you, we said the highs and lows these streaks come and go. The Avs' true power playability is somewhere in the middle of what we saw over the last couple weeks when you said it was it was going at near 50%. Right. And, and what we're seeing right now, it lives like somewhere they, in the they, middle. They went on a 9 for 12 stretch, which is hard to do in video games. <laughs> it's, again, I, I don't want us to sound like we're homers here. Or we're No, I mean, there's perspective here. There's You're getting rocked at home. And it's the second time, the second game in a row, you're getting blown out. 
but there's also a much bigger picture where you walked into the night tied atop your division. So, like, two things can be true at the same time. Right. Your team can be playing poorly and still be in a good position. Well, but so here's my thing. You know, again, seeing these people on Twitter, it's like, oh, my Don't gosh. Don't worry about it, man. No, 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 no. I, but... I'm going somewhere with this. I don't, Let them be. I don't care what people say on Twitter. I'm just saying. We see this where people are saying, oh, you know, they're panic button and, oh, my gosh, what's going on? They're playing poorly, but you turn the clocks back five days? After the Florida game? Right. Yeah. You were 2-1 and one on your Eastern road trip, and, and everything's fine. great. Yeah. You have, this is two games is my point. Relax Two of 82. Right. Well, and you remember they went on that five-game losing streak earlier in the year, and people were like, well, they just, you know, they gave back the start that they had. Yeah. And it was, Oh, this looks worse than the 48-point team. And it was true. Like, they gave back the start that they had. And then they turned around and they ripped off a nasty streak that, that vaulted them way out in front. Great. If that's how they're going to respond every time they go, they go through a stretch where they don't play well, Okay. You know, I don't think they will because teams teams don't make a habit of going 11 games in a row without losing in regulation. But, but also, teams don't typically make a habit of losing five in a row. Well, and, and teams don't make a habit of getting blown out. These these are just things that happen. I got you know, it. and the fact that they're back to back, of course, is going to make it. Well, what's going on here? You know, and and for me, it's like, look, your goalies aren't playing well. Your defense is not protecting the – it's not managing the, the puck well at all. That combination of things is submarining anything else that happens offensively. Tampa Bay lost 7-1 to one to Arizona and, like, 6-3 to three to uh, Ottawa over the course of, like, five days earlier this season. These things happen. Yeah. Let's see how the Avs respond here. I, I think the third period will be pretty telling. If the Avs come out and lay down and this gets worse? I don't think it's going to be great. But, I mean, they have a 773 save percentage tonight. Like, they have been dominating the shots and the possession and all that tonight. They're just not getting the goaltending. Like, their process has been a lot better than these results are going to show because, one, they're not getting the goaltending, and, two, the the turnovers that have created the scoring chances that they've had have been awful. Like coming off defense, their their scoring chances have been as good as they get, and they've capitalized on them. And it's like, well, what's a goalie to do in that spot? It's a tough spot for a goaltender. At the same time, a couple of these goals, pretty weak. Nugent Hopkins' second goal, McDavid goal, those are goals you can't have. By the way, the Grubauer one, I did see it from another angle. It looked like he had it half underneath him, and Drysaddle was able to fish it out. So he didn't know where it was, and it was sitting on end. And he didn't know where it was, and it was almost under him. And then the Avs defensemen that were there didn't know where it was either. Right. The only guy that saw it was Dryden. I don't know how to. I don't know how to read that situation. I, I don't, don't know either. if that's a. I'm and with that's, you. That's not a situation where I'm comfortable just shrugging it off and being like, "Wow, that's bad luck," because that's a fifth goal you've given up. I'm not comfortable doing that. <laughs> it's a bit of bad luck. It's a bit of lack of awareness, and and I think it's a bit of a product of the goaltenders and the defensemen are, are, are discombobulated right now. Again, if, if the Avs come out here and they can walk away, <laughs> losing isn't good. But, you know, if, if the Avs come out and just own this period, they walk out of the building 5-3, 5-4, you say, all right, it was in there. They're, they're figuring it out. But if this if this runs away from them, you know, again, I don't know what you do other than just say <clears throat> you, you got to go out and get the next one. You have to. Yeah. you got to bounce back. The defense needs to tighten up way more than anything else. Like, 
Yes, the goaltending has not been good, but the goaltending has also been left out to dry two games in a row. You know, you go and you look at the goals given up in Tampa Bay, and mostly that's Tampa Bay just working the abs and their defense being terrible. Team defense, not just the defensemen. But, you know, tonight I think it's specifically been defensemen have been really bad, and that's I think that's where it really starts. You tighten up the defense. Your goaltending won't have to bail you out. It won't have to be spectacular. And... That'll help a little bit, and then hopefully their, their confidence gets up and going. They figure it out. One of our favorite things they do here at Pepsi Center is starting, which means the second period is just around the corner. Third Let's period. <coughs> Third period is just around the corner. We all would like to forget what happened in that <laughs> second period. AJ, I think, uh, I, I think that was a great analysis from you on that second period. I think you're spot on. Let's take our, our last break here. We'll come back to you after the game, after we've gone down to the locker room. And, and we'll let you know how this finished out. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. We will be right back. Hey, BSN fans. Your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer. And we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. There's nothing more important than family, and for more than 100 years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're, we're completely customer service or meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and so I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow, and, and that's just something that you know I, I think that I bring that not a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive, and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have, I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you, and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right, right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN. Gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. Third and final segment here on the BSN Avalanche podcast, presented by In We Go. Download the In We Go app today. Use the promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month. In We Go is the only subscription service that gets you into almost any event in Denver. Jesse Montano and AJ Hayfley here in the press box at Pepsi Center after the Avs' six to four loss to the Edmonton Oilers. 
AJ, this was a game that, that really got away from the ads in the second. All right, we had to pause for the vacuum. <laughs> AJ, this is a game, if you look at those fancy stats, uh, shots on goal, a lot of this stuff would point to the abs were the better team. But every time they turned around, it seemed like the puck was, was they were having to pull, pull the puck out of their net. Players in the locker room seemed to echo those sentiments. Jared Bednar really seemed to echo those sentiments of, hey, look, the offense was there. We were controlling a lot of play. But man, oh man, the D was bad. Goaltending has really struggled. This, you know, we talked in the <clears throat> in the second segment about don't panic, don't freak out. Peaks and valleys happens. You ride the waves. But the goaltending is the one thing. It was so hot for so long. It's dropped off really, really hard here. Six goals against against Pittsburgh, seven goals against against Tampa Bay, and then six again here tonight. <clears throat> again, uh, as a whole, I really I'm I'm not that overly concerned about the Avs as a team, but man, <laughs> is that back end struggling? And doesn't matter what you do up front if you can't keep pucks from going in your net. You know, you lose games like tonight where you had 43 shots. You put up four goals. Granted, a couple of them came in kind of late garbage time. But you're giving up six. Not really much you can do. The power play is struggling. Again, they, they were, I mean, as close to perfect as, as you're going to get in the NHL. Or, like you said, in a video game. You, you can't get much better than, than the Avs were playing. And it seems like that has gone totally cold. Jared Bednar, after the game, you know, said, hey, look, our urgency's gone. Our, we're not wanting to put pucks on net. They just kind of seem, they're moving the puck too much. He said they're getting too fancy. We're, we're trying to make the extra pass, the, the one more. You made the comment <clears throat> at one point, you know, Nathan McKinnon had the puck on his stick and, and a good look. He throws in a couple extra stick handles, a couple extra head fakes, and and that window of opportunity is gone. It's those little things right now that that the Avs need to get get cleaned back up. This isn't a matter of you need to go back to the drawing board and, and you need to completely start over, but they've gotten away from the little things that that were making them so successful over that eleven game stretch. Again, you, you go into that locker room, you talk to a lot of the guys in there tonight, <clears throat> you listen to a lot of the guys in there tonight, and a lot of them are saying, we played well. We had stretches where we really controlled the pace. We had a good game plan. We we stuck to it for, for the majority of it, but, but the abs were still getting away from it in pockets. And that was another comment that Jared Bednar made where – the Avs are still struggling to put together a full 60 minutes. And AJ, you even made that comment in the first where you said this is a pretty standard Avs period where they controlled 16 of the 20 minutes, but those four minutes they give up a goal and get themselves behind the eight ball. Part of that can be attributed to <coughs> this is a young team. Still still riding the, the ups and downs. 
But that's the stuff that you really do want to start seeing get cleaned up. Yeah, I talked to Eric Johnson. I thought he had some some good things to say. You know, he pointed out that that hey, we're going to be going through ups and downs, but you know, even on a night like tonight, where where a lot of us do feel like we played, we were the better team for large stretches. When you lose, you lose, and you don't feel good about anything in a loss. No moral victories in the NHL is is basically was basically his point. And and I, yeah, I mean, you want to hear that. There from are your no leaders. more victories, you know, and they're always going to say the right things. They certainly have enough practice losing, so you know, most of these guys are already very comfortable with what to say to us in after they've lost. So, um, you know, you only get so much credit for that. And for me, I'd like to see I'd like to see one of these guys maybe go off a little bit, but at the same time, you know, the it's one game and they know that. You know, you're not you're not burning everything to the ground because you lost six to four at home to the Oilers. You know, and and the Oilers are a team that, you know, especially them playing the way that they've <clears throat> been playing lately, getting the goaltending that they got out of Koskinen tonight. I mean, we're talking about Koskinen like he had a great night. Guy ended up giving up four goals. Right. And I mean, could have easily given up several more down the stretch. There were a couple of breaks that he got throughout the game pretty consistently. Um, <clears throat> played well. I mean, he played really well. There's no taking any away that away from him. But that really goes to show how well I thought Colorado played offensively, only offensively right. tonight. I thought they generated a lot. I mean, they put 43 shots on goal. You could say those were score effects. But at one point in the second period, they were up 21 to 11 in shots on goal. And the score was one nothing. Right. And so, you know, they built that lead early. Now, it ended up getting tilted back more toward, I think at the end of the the second period, it was like 26 to 23 or something. So Edmonton worked their way back, obviously. Uh, and then the Avs, you know, the score affected the, sh- they, they, 16 to four in the third period. You know, that's great example, score effects right there. But. <clears throat> but again, Colorado scored three goals in that period, you know, and and had it not been for that sixth goal, say the Avs catch a break and they disallow it, who knows what kind of game we're talking about? Because it felt different when they got that goal, that that five to two goal, and we've seen it in this building from this team when they turn it on and they catch fire. There isn't a single team in the NHL that can hang with them when they just decide that it's time, and they don't do it often enough, and you can't. You can't dominate other NHL teams like that <laughs> for very long. For 60 it's minutes. It's got to be in a certain situation that you can do it. Right. And Colorado was built very nicely to give opposing teams the, the scare of a lifetime in games they think they have sewn up. And I think they would have done it tonight had they not given up that sixth goal. But, you know, they, they gave that goal up because poor discipline. You know, they another another totally unnecessary penalty. You know, I thought Andrew Ghetto caught a bad break because the guy toe picked. Yeah. But you can also make the argument he doesn't toe pick without Andrew Ghetto slack, slashing him on the on the knee. So, okay, fair enough. But <clears throat> point is, there's no no reason for Andrew Ghetto to do what he did, which, I mean, continues to be the frustration with with this team overall is that. The penalties are killing them. 
the the power play isn't good enough. And I say that, you know, I said I said in the second segment the power play was broken, and uh, you know they they rolled out and they score a goal a minute and forty one seconds in the third period. <laughs> you know, while I was getting water, of course, I had to watch it. I was watching it on the TV, walking back when they scored. Uh, nice passing play, really nice, but. You know, there hasn't been enough of that, and the penalty kill has been truly bad. You know, the the power play is going to wax and wane. Like, I can take the power play going in fits and spurts if, when it's on, it's going to be dominant and not like, oh, the power play is really hot right now because they've scored three goals in five games. <laughs> you know, like the 9-for-12 stretch may not be something we see again, but... Like you said, that's tough in right a video game. But But... They they can definitely produce like very few other teams in the NHL can when they're when they're hot. Now the the penalty kill I think I think Nolan Pratt needs to start making some major 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 adjustments. I'd start with personnel for one. Um, I understand that uh, Cam the Kamenev injury and Kerfoot's out, uh, but Gabe Borg needs to come out of this lineup. Um, when you're talking about trying to trying to generate offense. Uh, Matt Calvert, Matt Nieto are not guys that can that can make the offense go for you consistently enough. Uh, Carl Soderberg can, but he's flanked by two guys who are holding him back offensively. He's off to a great start this year, and that's awesome. That won't continue, um, which is easy to say because he would be on major, major career high paces if it continued for Soderberg. Um, let's have it. Sorry. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> Well, so hold on, hold on, because you know you made the comment when you when you <clears throat> started talking there of the abs were good offensively and only offensively, and kind of like what I was saying there while while uh, I was just kind of vamping as you were finishing up getting stuff posted. That was really the sentiment of everyone tonight. With no one obviously is going to say it, no one is going to come out right and say that, but a lot was going well up the ice. Yeah, but holy smokes! Coming back down their waves, guys were getting beat wide. Guys were getting lost in the corner. Guys were losing battles down low, and, and then the obvious struggles in in net. What do you do about that? I, I, I and and that's a rhetorical question. You know what I mean? It's you just have to battle through that. Yeah. And I mean, and Eric Johnson told me I think 10 times when I talked to him we had a good game plan, we stuck to it. They stuck to theirs for longer. Yeah. I, again, I I don't I don't even know. I don't even know cuz th- this was a weird game. This game had a weird feel immediately. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, well we're we've we've gotten very accustomed to seeing this team come out in Denver. Uh, with tons of energy early. And kind of like the late-arriving crowd tonight, man, it kind of felt like the Avs were stuck in traffic for the first maybe half of this game. Yeah. And, of course, that's when Edmonton built their huge-ass lead. You know, the what? 3 nothing. Yeah. It gets to... 4 oh, nothing. This is so depressing to look at. <laughs> you and I had a, had a differing opinion on the top line tonight. I thought they were okay. I thought I the thought, top I thought line McKinnon was, wasn't very good. I thought the top line was really good. I, I don't want to say really good. I thought the top line was good. I thought they were the better line out there. I thought they were the best players on the ice when they were on the ice. 
they seemed to be the only line that wasn't just constantly pinned in their own end. And they were the only line that seemed like they were driving a lot of the play forward on a regular basis. I thought they were crazy, crazy dominant in the last five minutes of the game when it seemed like that there was a spark lit where they were like, oh, we're going to win this thing. <laughs> You know, and they were just buzzing like crazy around around Koskinen and ended up beating him multiple times. Um, but I I don't think, uh, as a whole, I don't think they were that good. Um, if you look at the two goals that they generated, um, one of them is ranted in just coming down on the wing and firing a shot that somehow beats Koskinen. You know, it's a great shot, um, but it's it's not a special play that they that that line generated. And then the second one is uh, Ranton and what off a face-off. <clears throat> I thought Ranton was the best half so, tonight. Oh, I thought I thought I would agree with that. I thought Ranton was all over the place, man. There were times where he looked like he was the only guy on that top line that <laughs> seemed to care at all about what was going on. You know that that breakaway he almost generated just by outskating everybody. <laughs> That's the kind of thing we haven't seen from him very often in his career. If he starts adding a major speed element to his game, we might be really talking about this guy as. Uh, Can we put him in the same Hall of Fame class as, as Mitch Marner? As Mitch Marner. Yeah, no, I would say, uh, given that his body is less likely to break down really quickly than Marner's, I would say Marner's probably in the Hall of Fame a couple years earlier than Rantanen. Well, of course. But Rantanen will go in with way, way, way more points. They're going to put Marner in while he's still playing, I think. He's going to be the first exceptional yeah. status to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, true. AJ, I don't even know what else to say about this game. It's, dis and it's, it's disappointing in a lot of ways, um, but, you know, if you're going to if you're gonna be disappointing, uh, do, it, do it with a late goal spurt to not hurt your goal differential quite so much. Yeah. And you never know when that's going to matter, so, I mean, why not? <clears throat> You look at last year. You never know. You, you never know when those tiebreakers come in handy. We always say all these garbage goals don't matter, but you never know. So hopefully they don't end up being a, a big deal towards the end of the year and Colorado safely into the postseason, whatever. But, e but even if they are, it, you know, it, it can come down to tiebreakers for seeding sure. and stuff. Like, again, it's I think that's like the second or third tiebreaker. But, again, it's happened before. I think the Columbus yeah. Blue Jackets missed the playoffs on goal differential one year somewhat recently. So yeah, just, I mean, it's it's not meaningless, but um, in, in terms of just looking at the vacuum of tonight's game, not important, really. But you like that they can that they have that gear. I you agree. just want to see it earlier, and you want to see it more consistently. I agree. Should we go ahead and get out of here again with, with not much more to say? Yeah. For AJ Haithley. I've been Jesse Montano. This has been the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by In We Go. Thank you guys all so much for listening.